special Comic Makers crossover episode of I Read Comics. episodes of I Read Comics in one week. Oh my god, the world must be ending. Don't get greedy. This probably will never happen again. What happened was, I was the guest on David Arroyo's show, Comic Makers, and we got to talking, and we talked and talked and talked and talked, and the show ended up being like two hours long, (laughs) so David suggested, rather than him putting out a two-hour podcast, that we split it up. And to hear the first part of the show, you need to go over to his website, which is comicmaker.blogspot.com. It's linked at my blog. And then you can hear us talking about all kinds of things, women in comics, comics we like, comics we don't like, all sorts of stuff. And then this section that you're going to hear is us kind of doing a geek out about things that we really like, which turned out to be an awful lot of love and rockets, but some other stuff too. So you get... Um, kind of a show in two pieces and put it all together and it's about two hours of us just geeking out about comics so please have a listen because we had a good time doing it it was really fun and i'm sure we'll be doing this again sometime soon and um the music that ends the show i decided for once that i wanted to play a whole piece of music rather than just an excerpt and this is of course another one of the wonderful pieces of music from the composing diva ginger mayerson and i think this piece is probably my favorite Um, I love all of her music so much, but this particular piece, uh, there's just something about it that really appeals to me, and it's called Ananda 3, um, and you can download it from her website at gingermayerson.com, and you can also buy a CD of all of her music if you actually want to have this stuff to listen to, and I would recommend that you do, because I have it, and I listen to it often. So um, that's going to be this special little episode, and then, as I had mentioned in the previous podcast, the next real one for me will be the special Kingdom Come Extravagant. So here we go, me and David Arroyo, dig it. Okay, we are back, we're back, and we're going to geek out, which is my <laughs> favorite part of the show, and I'm really excited because I'm geeking out with my hero, Lena Taylor, oh my god, yes, so it's pretty cool. Um, so Lena, what do you want to geek, geek out about? I know that you've been, you've been kind of, you've been giving hints to me in the emails and stuff like that. You know, um, my old hand, which is like, Love and Rockets, Love and Rockets, Yeah, let's please. talk about Love and Rockets, because, you know, I haven't talked about Love and Rockets on Irie Comics yet, because I'm, I'm kind of trying to decide, I want to do a whole show about it, and I'm trying to think of how I want to approach it, but well, I can I can get some stuff out now that will maybe help me form that a little better. Okay, well, uh, let me tell you my Love and Rockets story. I actually haven't read Love and Rockets until recently. Because mm. you told me that you want to talk about Love and Rockets, and I had I had seen a couple issues before that, and I and I had picked up like one or two, and I was kind of like oh, I don't know I don't know you know I, you know I, the Latino in me was going hey he's a Latino we have to support him so <laughs> come on but you know uh, personally I was kind of like going I, don't know, I just I just can't connect with this stuff so I went to my local comic shop and I went to the to Visual Arts was Visual Arts bookstore the best comic book store in the local area if you want to go this information's on the blog but so I went and I and Dominic the owner wasn't there uh, it was the girl who works there this new girl she's in punk rock and stuff like that and I'm like listen I need a Love and Rockets book and she's like what's Love and Rockets and I'm like oh dear oh lord <laughs> you of all people must know what this book is so for three days I'm not kidding you I kept going back and this is like an hour away from me so I kept going back like, <laughs> oh, man. for three days trying to like Point of the day where Dominic's there because Dominic's there, he knows like all the entire stuff. And he's like, and finally I get him, and I'm like, Dominic, please give me Love and Rockets book. I need something to like, you know. He's like, well, I got this book on uh, the reviews Love and Rockets, and I'm like, okay, I'll take that too. I'll take that too. But come on, since I need. And he goes, well, they really weren't selling that well, so I just I put them in storage. And, ah! and I'm like, no. <laughs> so I go, okay, where are they? And he goes. Well, I think they're in one of these boxes, and I'm, I swear to you, Lena, there's like five, like 
five piles of boxes. Jesus. You know, so I literally took out every box, and of course that's where I picked out the, the hail and sprocket, which I sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I took out the, the all those boxes, looked through all those all, all the boxes, and of course took out some books for myself because I'm a junkie, and finally found the Loving Rockets trade, and I picked up the first trade, which is Left Mechanicas. Uh huh. Which I loved. And I gotta tell you, um, my my favorite my favorite artist of, of the of the of the brothers is Jaime. Jaime has got to be my favorite because I love his his. It's just, they look like they look like, they look like like what Betty and Veronica should have looked like. You know. <laughs> you know, he cited that as a huge influence on his work. Yeah. Betty and Veronica. He's talked about that. He, and and um, Beto says that he draws the the folds and the wrinkles in clothes better than anybody else on earth. And I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And just the shading, the inking. Oh God, mm-hmm. I love this so much. And I gotta tell you, my favorite character is Penny Century. <laughs> I love Penny Century. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Cause she hardly comes. She like only makes like little appearances in the first book. Uh-huh. But I just loved her so much. You know, her obsession would be the superhero. Uh-huh. Just everything about it, and I just loved. I loved Hopi. I loved Maggie, uh, and I just the whole Mechanica story. I loved. Now, with the Luba story, which was uh, I think it was Blem. I think it was called. Yeah, Bem. Yeah, Bem, the bug eyed monster. Yeah. Yeah, Bem. I really didn't get it that much, but I just I was just digging the art, mm-hmm. and of course the giant tits of Luba, because <laughs> of a breast man. Uh, but I just, I just, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And uh, I'm definitely going to pick up some more uh, Love and Rockets in the future. So, um, so Lena, what what else do you want? To, I'm sorry I took so much of time. Oh, no, that, that, that's a great story. That's really interesting. Um, I've, I've told the story before that, that Love and Rockets were my reintroduction to comics after being away from comics for a long time because somebody gave me their entire collection, which was basically like issues, um, five through 22 or something like that. So I was just given this, and I went, what the hell is this stuff? And I started reading it, and I was just sucked into the complexity of it um, and went back and, you know, filled in the rest of the collection, and I've just been buying it ever since. Um, but the, so for people who don't, I mean, there are people who don't know about Love and Rockets that yeah. each issue of Love and Rockets generally has two stories going in it drawn by the two brothers, the Hernandez brothers, and one of them is about Maggie and Hopi, who are two chicas who live in Los Angeles, and basically their lives and what happens to them. And the the Maggie and Hopi story started off early in mechanics as being slightly science fictiony. Yeah, very um, fiction. Yeah. yeah, because um, Maggie is a mechanic, and that's why it's called mechanics. Mm-hmm. And she assists this guy named Rand Race, who's a I forget a, a solar race car driver or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she's completely they, heads over heels. She's head over heels in love with him, and she she works on rockets and robots and things like that. And mm-hmm. they kind of dropped that over time, and it became much more realistic about just kind of day to day life in in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It still comes back once in a while, but um, it, it it gradually became phased out in favor of a more realistic viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And then the other um, storyline is about a woman named Luba who lives in Mexico in this little town called Palomar, mm-hmm. and it's her and her family, and we find out over the course of many years her backstory, what happened to her, and how she became the person that she was. And that story has continued up until the present day where her kids are grown, and she's got um, grandchildren now and uh, a whole supporting cast of characters, and they're all living in Los Angeles too. So, I mean, it's I, it's the kind of thing where I think if you don't start at the beginning, it can be kind of hard to understand what's going on because so much of what's in the comics now relies on prior knowledge. I mean, it is kind of like picking up an X-Men book because you ain't, you have no idea what the fuck is going on if you, you just, just pick up an yeah. X-Men book. Yeah, you just you just appreciate the art and you just appreciate yeah. like little pieces of dialogue and eventually kind of latch on if you stay long, long enough. Right, exactly. You just kind of have to stay with it. But I, I feel like... the 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 female characters in those stories are so strong and so compelling and almost all of the main characters are women mm-hmm. in both sets of stories mm-hmm. and they are strong independent women who live their own lives and they fall in love and they get their hearts broken and they just do what's best for them over time and their friendships remain strong through everything but it's 
both stories always turn on the women's relationship with other women. And I just love that because you don't see that in other mm-hmm. books. Men come and men go, but the women are always there. Yeah. You know what actually um, was really interesting about Love and Rockets when I first saw a couple issue, individual issues when I was uh, first starting out uh, in comic books? Because originally... I just um, I was kind of like fed up with Marvel and DC and stuff like that, so I started I I got into Optic Nerve and other books, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about a little bit later on. But when I picked up Lauren Rockets, it was the first time I saw a real woman drawn. Yeah. You know, like with real anatomy, like with sh- with sagging breasts. You know, mm-hmm. and and at first I was actually kind of like put off by that because I was I was kind of like, well, this is a comic book. I don't you know I don't know if I want to see this, but like but at the same time I was going, well, you know what. I got late, and I was like, "Hey, you know that is a real woman. You know that's that's mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know, and I, you you see the beauty in that as well, of like how, you know, because you you fall in love with the characters, you fall in love with mm-hmm. with with hope with Hopi, and you fall in love with Maggie, and you just, yeah, you know, every part of them is beautiful to you. I, so. I have heard so many people say that about the characters in Love and Rockets that they have fallen in love with them. And I, I think it's true. I mean, it, it definitely happened to me where I just, it got to the point where I couldn't get enough of those characters, and I was happy that there were back issues that I hadn't gotten because I wanted to read more about them. But they, they just are so realistic. They are so like real people with quirks and bad habits and things that drive you nuts about them, but, but also things about their characters that are just beautiful and wonderful. And, and you know that they're going to be the same from, from issue to issue. Um, one of the things that I love about both sets of stories is that um, the stories kind of jump around in time. So sometimes we'll get a story of something that happened 20 years ago, and sometimes we'll get a story about the future where it's it's like 20 years in the future, and there's no preparation for it. It's just kind of there in the book, and you got to go with it and try and figure out what's going on. Like, wait a minute, are these the same characters? Why is it 20 years in the future, and mm-hmm. why are they driving in a rocket car? And it, it's just it's wonderful how they've felt like they could have the freedom to tell these nonlinear stories. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's been said often about um, especially the Palomar stories, is that they have a strong dose of um, magical realism in them. So magical things happen all the time, and magic is very much a part of the characters' lives, where ghosts appear and can talk to other people, and there are signs and symbols that mean things, and Mm -hmm. there's fate, and there's God, and and there's a lot of stuff that's very, very important to these characters' lives. Well, I think also it's because of the Latino aspect to it. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean... Um, being Puerto Rican here in Puerto Rico, religion and mysticism and superstition is a huge part of our lives, and I think that in in every country, in every Latin country that I've been to, mm-hmm. that's a common common way of life. It's part of life, and mm-hmm. I think those stories really reflect that. Of how, I mean, I was just picking, I just picked up a, a recent one that was Palomar issue where uh, it was a baby. Um, and how the baby almost died, but like it, it you know, it, it it's it, because of the town, the life was so rough, and how the baby got its strength eventually, mm-hmm. and I just I love that I love the, I love that aspect to it, and I, and what what I love about it also is that each brother has their own unique style too. Yeah, it's so great. I mean, Jaime's style is my favorite. But um, when you when you occasionally see a Mario story, uh, because yeah. of three brothers, when you occasionally yeah. see a Mario story, you go, oh wow, hey, here's Mario, that's great, wow, that's mm-hmm. awesome, you know, and it's so different. So that's that's personally what I love about it. Yeah. As well. I, I just find so much in it, and, and over the years in the in the books and in the trades, they've done lots of little one-off stories that don't have anything to do with the main characters either, where, you know, God might be a main character, or the devil might be a main character, or other people, it might be just about other people. Sometimes they've done little spin-off stories about, like, tiny little minor characters that you might have seen ten issues ago, and they'll do a whole little story about them, just because, I guess. And it's cool. It's just so cool to see them take stuff like that and blow it out. Um, There's a lot of sex in those stories, Mm -hmm. but it's not sex 
designed to be like smut or pornography where, you know, people are expected to jerk off to it. Yeah. It's sex because it's an important part of the story and it's an important part of what's happening to the characters. And I did want to say that there has been rape in, in those stories, mm -hmm. but it's never portrayed as the worst thing that could have happened. Um, and it's never portrayed as... Um, the thing that damaged the female character so irreparably that, you know, she lived the whole rest of her life because, in a certain way, because of that one event, you know. I think and the I, way it's portrayed, uh -huh. the way it's portrayed is much more, in my experience, realistic, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a horrible thing. It happens. You get over it. You go on with your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also, I, 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 I would imagine that, that but they did deal with the, the, they did deal with the ramifications and the, and the, Getting over that, it wasn't just like a. I I don't know I don't know, I haven't read the story so I can't really tell you but I would imagine it wasn't glorified in any way. It was no. Just, yeah. Absolutely not. And of course, it, when it happens, well, I, for people who don't know it, um, when we find out. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Luba because she is my most favorite character. I find mm -hmm. her infinitely fascinating. And when we learn this incredible backstory of her life, that she was abandoned by her parents at an early age and raised by relatives and ended up marrying a guy um, who fell in love with her because he had been in love with her mother, and she looks just like her mother. Mm. Um, she was married at 16 or something like that and suddenly thrust into this world of drug deals and high-priced uh, prostitutes and music and, like, nightclubs and things that she'd never experienced. And um, she doesn't really understand what's going on, but she sees a lot of it. And people think she knows more than she does. And at one point, um, she's raped because someone's trying to get back at her husband. Mm -hmm. So it was very much like, I'm not doing this to you to hurt you. I'm doing this to hurt your husband. And, you you know, and because I've raped you, you, you have to shut up and do what I say now. Mm -hmm. And her, I, I remember very clearly the panel where it's happening. She thinks, oh, no, I can't believe this is going to happen. And while he's raping her, all she's thinking is, just finish, just get it over with. Mm -hmm. And she goes back, and she doesn't want to tell anybody what's happened. And as far as I know, in any of the stories, she never talked about it with anyone. Mm-hmm. It's never been a big deal for her. And compared to some of the other shit that's happened in her life, it was not that big a deal. <laughs> but she she is like this amazing, resilient woman who's lived her life pretty much the way she wanted to. She's had dozens of lovers. She's had seven kids. Um, she's married to a guy now, but she still sleeps with other people when she wants to. Mm. Um she is now, I guess, in supposed to be like in her early 50s, and she's still like this really incredibly sexy woman. And she just does what she wants to, and she always says the unexpected thing. In in a most recent issue, the one that I, I was looking at last night, um, part of the plot line is that she meets her half-sisters. And um, it's a really big deal for her to find a real family after so many years of not knowing her parents and all that. Um, and she's been spending a lot of time with them, and um, this issue sets up that something is going to happen which causes them not to speak to each other anymore. And the panel says, you know, the next day the sisters would stop speaking to each other. Luba said it was no big deal because she never really knew them anyway. Mm. And that is so classically her. Like, of course it affected her. Of course it was this horrible thing. But she would never let anybody know that. Yeah. She would just say, well, it's no big deal. I didn't really know them anyway. And and to see that in a woman character, that's a classically male attitude, right? Mm -hmm. Is to kind of keep everything inside, and I just love it that it's in her. Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm just totally rhapsodizing about her now. You can tell me to shut up anytime you want to. Oh no, no, trust me, I could never tell you to shut up, Lena. Um, but well, I just to wrap it up, I gotta tell you that I did uh, eventually go back after I read the book, and I took a uh, Love and Rockets book and I put it in the punk girl's hand, and I said. You have to read <laughs> this, you know, and you know she looked at me kind of weird, like, okay, and I go, no, no, seriously, you have to read this, okay? And she's always so you felt like, like it's not about me. You have to read this for yourself, okay? Because you're gonna really like this, and hopefully she took my advice. So I hope so, yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about my my favorite book, and I I don't know when I. When I first got into indie comic books, it was because of Charlie, because I, I met Charlie, and Charlie said, hey, I have these book, comic books, because I was bitching about local comic but like, you know, the Marvel books and stuff like that, and he goes, well, I have these books that I really like, and I think you'll like them, and he puts them in my hand, I'll be 
And I I ran off the drip and I just oh god it was just like it was just like the heavens opened up and the, and the light came to me and I was, oh my god you know it was so great and I I still I love I love I love Tomain's work I love I I love it 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 the art the stories everything about it I even I even picked up a book where he has his mini comic books he yeah. published some mini comic books which are. So great, so funny. You really see the progress. You really see the progress of his work, yeah. of how his artwork has completely changed from night to day. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder what did you must have been in a, in a room and <laughs> drawing every day. And then you find out, and then I found out that he was he was I think he was doing his bachelor's and working, and then and also doing the comic book. Mm-hmm. And I was just oh my god, I just just I just admire him so much. And the only thing I can bitch about is that they come out every blue moon. <laughs> wow, literally, guy. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, but when they do come out, it's 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 great. It's great. It, um, they are. They're wonderful. The the most recent, actually, I I finally got uh, issue number ten. I had to order it, special order it directly from uh, the company, uh, and I finally got it. And I really love his current storyline, which is about. It's really great. It's really interesting. It's about this guy who, essentially, he's a jerk. Um, okay, he's yeah. an Asian jerk. He's okay. very a- important. Yeah, he's an Asian jerk. He's an Asian jerk, yeah. But at first, actually, at first, what, what I found weird about it was, at first, I kind of liked the, like, the first opening page. He's being sarcastic about how... Um, his girlfriend is really now into uh, independent movies and mm-hmm. movies about Asian, the Asian culture and being Asian American. She, she's really into that, into that uh, political um, statement. And he's just, you know, whatever. I don't, you know, it's stupid, blah, blah. He's very dismissive about it. And at first, I was actually kind of like leaning toward him a little bit because mm-hmm. as somebody who lives in, on an island where it's a lot of pretentious people, uh, I kind of eventually, like, I kind of feel sometimes like him. I was like, okay, shut up, you know. But it's just more and more, he's just, you know, becoming more of a jerk. And she calls him on things uh, about, for example, how he's obsessed with white women. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first I was like, no, he's not. And suddenly you see he really is. Mm-hmm. And how he he's he's really, he's become what he hates. He, he's become that stereotype Yep. That 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 he criticizes so much, and my favorite character actually is the girl who's his best friend, who's a lesbian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved her so much because she's just like a guy. She's mm-hmm. she's just she's all all she is is about scoring with girls and you know uh, relationships and stuff like that, and how you know she like sees the waitress and she's like, oh hello, hey, you know. So I love that and. You just start to see him go down this long drain of self pity and self destruction, mm-hmm. and it's it's really great. And the art, oh god, the art. his art is beautiful. Oh, it's so great. clean. Yeah, it's like antiseptic. <laughs> yeah, it's clean, but yet there's a there's an element of dirtiness to it also because there's a lot of I don't know. It's so weird. It's I don't know. I don't know how to how I can how I can put it. It's like you see the ugliness of the human nature? Yes. That that is right. That is true. His art is very clean, but the the way he portrays people um shows them in you know, warts and all. He shows everything about them and their their meanness is often reflected in their faces. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Actually I bought his sketchbook uh that he they recently put out, which I also love, of course. And uh, there's a lot of sketches he's put and you can tell us some personal stuff in there and um this is where you can separate the artist from the work because you can tell that he he has a very oh, how can I say it? He's very anal in his thought process. You can tell, and he's very sensitive about things. Uh, but his work just speaks, just like pours out emotion from him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, you know, I, I can go on and on about how much I love him. Another book I want to talk about was uh, Art Babe. I don't know if you've heard of Art Babe. Oh, I have. You know, it, it's one of those books that people keep telling me, you have to read this book, and I I think I've seen, like, one issue of it, and uh-huh. somehow it just never got onto my list, so I, I don't have it in my collection. I expect another package for me. <laughs> uh, Art Babe, uh, it's great. It's 
uh, it's pretty much um, her story. It's just like Beale. Um, oh, God, no. That's just like Beale. Jessica it's Abel. Megan Kelso, right? Huh? Is it Megan Kelso? No, her name's Jessica Abel. Oh. I'm sorry. I got her confused. Megan does another comic book. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Now, Jessica Abel, uh, she is a, 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 a female cartoonist who all her stories tend to be about relationships and about just and and they're not really love comic books because a lot of them don't even don't even wind up with anything. Like so there's there's one issue she did where um it's about a girl and a guy who go out and they really have a lot in common but they just don't click. And things just go really wrong and they don't want they don't wind up together. And it just that's the whole comic book and you go, Well that's that's really strange. You know, I thought they were gonna wind up together but they, they don't. And there's another book where um she talks about how there's um, jealousy between friends and about a guy, and just it's it's these relation it's these real conversations that you can really hear everywhere, and you can really identify with them because mm-hmm. there's no resolution. Sometimes there's no resolution, or if there is a resolution, it 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 go it like winds up badly. But then like years mm-hmm. later, they look they're looking back and they go, "Huh, huh remember that when it happened? Oh my god, you know that was bad, you know." So. I really love. I, I really love. Plus, her style. I don't know her style. Um, it's. How can I say it? Um, it's good, but you can tell. Like I don't know. There's there's one thing I could probably criticize about her, where it's like sometimes they look a little rubbery for my taste. Like mm-hmm. like they're. You can't really tell the bones of them. You just mostly look at the skin and stuff like that. But I mean, her art's great. I, I love her art and stuff. Um. Uh, another book I want to talk about as well, which I recently, I actually that day that I went to, to buy Love and Rockets, where where Dominic wasn't there and I couldn't pick it up, I picked up A Distant Soil instead, and I just completely fell in love with that book. Um, actually, you were talking about how you wanted somebody to do aliens that weren't wearing uh, uh, high heels. <laughs> yes. Yeah, A Distant Soil will probably uh, do that for you. Uh, it's about a girl who. Who winds up? Uh, who? Uh, it's about a grown-up brother. I only read the first book, so I can only tell you about the first book. But apparently, it's about a grown-up brother who are in a. They're being studied because they have some kind of psychic powers, and then they escape. And it turns out that they are part of an alien race. That apparently uh, they have the power to overthrow, overthrow an alien race. And there's uh, these aliens that. Um, they look human, and uh, they pretty much have the power to destroy a planet. There's like one in every generation that can destroy a planet, and that one alien becomes a kin. And when there's another one, uh, those aliens, uh, that alien has to destroy the other alien to eventually take over. And huh. yeah, and apparently uh, uh, the brother and the sister were born uh, of an alien who escaped from that race. And the, the the little girl is the one who has the power to destroy an entire freaking planet, and so um, that entire race actually comes to Earth uh, to try to capture her because that kid is paranoid about that and wants to, wants to kill her because he sees her as a threat. So it's just it's just a really great story. I really love it a lot. Um, God, what was another one? Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, of course, I would be I would be completely. Uh, I, I would just suck if I didn't mention Bill Nyard because I actually literally push that book on everyone that I meet, which I <laughs> and I did to Lena too. Actually, that, that was the first email I sent her, which was "Buy Bill Nyard, please." You know, uh, did you did you order the book, Lena? Or you know, I, I I went, I looked at the website, and I looked at everything they had, and then I had to go back to your email because you had told me get this and not that, uh-huh. and and then like I just never got around to ordering the get this and not that thing. So no, it's on my list. Okay, expect yet another package for me in the mail. Uh, Boneyard is really great. Boneyard is about a guy called Paris. Actually, he's called Michael Paris, but he he likes to be called Paris instead of Michael. And uh, he recently he recently got dumped, and his grandfather died. And apparently, his grandfather, which he never really knew too well, left him in his will a cemetery. So he goes to the town to the town to, tr- to he goes to town ta- to the town to try to sell the cemetery. 
to the, to the to the mayor who wants to buy the cemetery. And it turns out that in the cemetery, all these monsters live in the cemetery. In the cemetery. And there's a there's a Loch Ness monster called Nessie, who is who throws herself completely, who's like a this huge sex vixen, uh, Loch Ness monster. If you can actually believe that. Um, there's Abby, who she's a vampire, who is like the love interest of Paris, and they just have this really great chemistry uh, together. And you can tell you like each other, but like it's just it, you know it's just still there. And they just have this really great chemistry together. There's these talking gargoyles who are really, really funny. There's this werewolf who's like the Fonz. He has a leather jacket and, like, you know, these sunglasses. Uh, there's, oh, um, there's a huge Frankenstein monster who's actually married to the Loch Ness monster. Uh, and then, so the entire first storyline is pretty much about Paris getting to know these monsters and how he likes the monsters more than he likes the human beings. Uh, how he see, he sees them as more real the, the plastic people of the town. And then it turns out that the mayor's the, the Satan, and uh, apparently he went to the cemetery. So <laughs> it's just a really, really funny book. It's a lot of great jokes. A lot of my favorite, actually, my favorite joke is there's this little mo- this little demon monster called Glump. I think it's called. Yeah, Glump. And uh, they're holding, they, they have to raise money for, t- for the town, and they're holding a boxing event, which apparently was the werewolf character versus the the the, Fran- the Frankenstein character, but the Frankenstein character gets food poisoning. He has to drop out of the, the of the of the of the fight. So Abby, the vampire, fills in a spot, you know, and so it's Abby, this like little skinny girl who is a vampire, and this huge werewolf guy, and you know the werewolf, the werewolf, like the werewolf, and I, I I'm gonna suck for not remembering the, the werewolf's name, but he pretty much tells her like, you know what. I'll take it easy on you. Don't worry about it. Bam! He just slams her to the ground, and she's like, "Okay, let's, you know, you know, I'll take it easy on you." And she, she just like does this summer kick and just kicks his ass right there. And during this whole thing, Glump is selling uh, hot dogs. He goes, uh, "Hot dog, hot dog!" And like one of, the, one of the guys goes, "Okay, I'll take a hot dog." And he goes, "How much?" And he goes, uh, "It'll be three bucks plus your soul." What? Are you are you crazy? And he goes. Okay, two bucks, two bucks plus your soul. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, it's a great book. It's funny. It's great art. Uh, I love the black and white stuff because they did they did a version in color which just was horrible, horrible stuff. And this didn't translate well. But the black and white, if you can find the black and white books, pick it up. I guarantee you, you'll get it. You'll get. They're ten bucks a pop. Man, you're getting so much for ten dollars. It's so great. Uh, and finally, just to like you know round out my little list of my favorites, Box Office Poison is got to be my favorite book. Um, uh, they, he actually want he actually did Tricked. I think you reviewed Tricked, right, uh, Lena? No. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, uh, Box Office Poison is this huge, almost like encyclopedia-sized book uh, of these characters who live in New York and. They go, it pretty much follows their lives for, like, I think it's a one year or two years. I don't know. There's this one character who works at, at a bookstore who is a writer, but he keeps getting reject, rejection letters, and he doesn't, he, he's, he's kind of stuck in that, in that retail job, and he hates the job. He, he's bitching about the job, and his friends, like, always telling him, telling him, like, you know, why don't you quit? He goes, yeah, I should quit. But he never quits. And uh, then there's another character who's this uh, Latino character who I actually liked a lot. He's a virgin, and he's very frustrated about being a virgin at, at I think, 25. And uh, he's a, he's an aspiring comic book artist, and he eventually gets um, an, uh, an apprenticeship with an artist who apparently uh, that artist is like a Bob Kane slash Joe, Jerry Siegel kind of character slash... Mm-hmm. Jack Kirby, who apparently sold, who apparently got ripped off back in the forties of his character, who was like a Batman kind of character, and he's very bitter. He's very, um, you, you really feel sorry for him because he's very bitter, and he's a jerk also. So you, you can't really feel too bad about him. And then, the, then there's a couple who uh, who actually rent out a room to the to the retail guy, who um, she's a comic artist and he's a, a, a professor. And they just have this really great relationship where she's always knocking him, and you know, um, 
how she's like a kind of like a nerdy character, but I don't know. It's it's so weird. There's just one issue where, um, I, my favorite issue is this one issue where, um, the guy gets a call from his ex girlfriend, and he kind of freaks out. He he goes, "Oh my god, my ex girlfriend just called me and she wants to have lunch and blah blah." And this was the relationship I had before I met, you know, my current girlfriend, and you know, um, you know. But I'm I'm okay. I'm cool about it. And he 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 shaves his beard because it that's he 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 didn't have a beard when he, when he was going out with that girl. So you know, this whole time his like his current girlfriend's freak, his current fiance, sorry, is freaking out about it. And when he finally sees when he finally sees his ex girlfriend, he goes, you know what? You know, I had this this whole image in my mind of my of how she used to be and I, I blocked out all the negative stuff about her. And now that I see her <laughs> now that I now that I see her, I remember how it was it wasn't that great. You know, like okay. the magic is gone. And how you know what? I, I love my current girlfriend and, you know, I'd be stupid to even think about, you know, this girl who really was a jerk to me back in the old days, you know. So it's it's just a really great book and uh, Alex Robinson uh, does the art, and it's very cartoony art. Like at first, like you're kind of put off by the art because it's very cartoony, but the the story just shines in the book. Um, he has one issue where the fiance character, the girl, uh, and I'm so sorry for not remembering the names because it's been so long since I read it. Um, she starts thinking about her past and how. Back in high school, she wanted to kill herself because she was a nerd and she was an outcast and blah blah. And there's a scene where she's talking to her younger self, telling her, "You know what? You know what? It's okay. You know what? This is just bullshit. When you graduate, you're just gonna shine. You're gonna get better. This is just crap. Mm-hmm. This is teenage crap. And you know what? All these people that are around you right now, they don't do shit now. They work in <laughs> they work in Kinkos. You know, they're they're nothing. You know, and and you." You eventually you go to college, you shine, you grow, and you know you you become this great person. And, and it's gonna take. I'm, I'm not gonna. And she tells, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's gonna take a couple of years. It's gonna be like pretty bad for a couple of years. But at the end of those of those three years, it's just great. Now I ha- I have somebody I love. We're in love. We're great. Um, we have a career. It's you know all all this stuff that we went through. It's just it's nothing. It's nothing compared to what we get at the end. And mm-hmm. Ed, this is my favorite. It's my favorite story of all time. That's and, so wonderful. Uh, How positive. How yeah, I, positive. I loved uh. it so much. So, um, is there any other book you want to talk about, Lee? Um, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I haven't been reading too much indie stuff just because I don't get to the store that often. Uh-huh. You know, I I have um. The, the store in Berkeley, Comic Relief, is my sponsor now, which is great. But it's very hard for me to get down there because I don't live around that neighborhood anymore. And I need to go because I need to get my fix. And it's very hard to, to buy indie stuff like off the web because you really have to kind of pick it up and look at it, right, to see if it's going to appeal to you. Yeah, so it takes two has, weeks to get to you. So. Right. And, and unless somebody has given it a really strong recommendation, I, th- I think it's hard to pick up indie stuff. Um, I've talked on, on my show about um, the Byron comics that Carl Christian does, and I love those. They're just so funny and I love the way he draws so I, I like those a lot um, I was I was thinking about um, some of the older indie stuff that I had that I talked about with Carol Tyler and I think that there's a whole range of indie comics that are worth seeking out if you can ever find the back issues or find them in um, collections a lot of stuff that's put out by like Tron and Quarterly mm-hmm. um, are, they're really, really interesting. Now, not every issue is great because I, I've been collecting it for a while, and there are some issues where I liked maybe one story out of six because the others just didn't appeal to me. Either I didn't like the art or the stories, but they're always interesting. And I think for people who want to get a flavor for what indie comics are like, picking up um, compilations like Drawn and Quarterly are always a good idea because you really do get a taste, and then you can find an artist that you like and start seeking out their stuff in different places. Mm-hmm. And please, you know... Um Stop. If if you just buy Marvel on DC, please try some indie stuff. I mean, there's so yeah. much stuff out there. Um, recently, I picked up the Walking Dead trade, which is a zombie comic book mm-hmm. in black and white, which was so good. You know, um, there's so much. There's so much. When I go to 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 Visual Arts, um, the only bookstore, the only comic book store on here carries indie indie, indie books. I literally feel like I'm digging for buried treasure. Mm-hmm. When I'm going through through there, because honestly speaking, there's so much good stuff. 
out there that's better than the than the crap. You know, for I mean, I get so much out of one indie book that I that you know nowadays with Marvel and DC, like for Ultimate Spider-Man, where there's panels and panels and panels and panels panels of people talking. And nothing gets resolved, and like you know, and like and one story that could be done in one book is spread yeah, out in five books. Totally, totally. You know, with the indie books, you get a, you get like sometimes you get two two comic books in one. You know, where you go, oh my god, I feel like I'm stealing this. You know, yeah. for the one I'm paying for it. Totally, you know? totally. It's 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 just so much better. And you know what I'm trying to do now, and this is partly because of the stuff that you sent me, but I'm kind of reading around the edges of the mainstream stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the next show that I do that's going to be a review show, I wanted to talk about Secret Identity, uh-huh. um, which is the collection of the, the four comics into one trade, um, the Kurt yeah. um, Busick thing. I was actually going to what? send you that, but I, 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 I kind of held off because I was like, well, you know, let me wait a little bit on that. Yeah, so, so yeah. I saw it in the library, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. This uh, looks like something David might have sent me. Yeah. And I, it is fucking awesome. It I is one of the it. best yeah. things that I have read, and it's yeah. it's. It's mainstream, right? It's a mainstream book, yep, yep. and it's about Superman, a mainstream character, but it's a totally different take on a character, yeah. and I just loved yeah. it. Um, the art is great. The writing is great, and you know what? It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although, I will say that the ending for me, I was kind of like a little bit, I don't know, I was kind of like a little bit let down at the end for, and, I'm, and I don't know if I spoil it or not, but there's one aspect, there's one aspect in the book that never really gets resolved, uh, which I was kind of like, well, I kind of wanted some resolution of that, and I kind of wanted some like some payoff on that, but never really got it. But at the same time, I just loved, I, I fell in love with the character so much. Yeah. Um, Kurt Busiek has has actually said in an interview I recently read that he never got Superman until he did that book. Huh. So it's interesting. It, it's a it's an amazing book. I was just so so happy with that. So that I love that kind of stuff. I really like. I, I think my interest now is more in the the different takes or like the meta stories yeah. about it. So another, one of the other things was the the book. It's a bird, um, which I've been reading. And oh yeah, I sent you that. One. Yeah. So that that's it's pretty interesting. You know, there's some things I really like about it. There's some things I really don't like about it. Yeah. Just annoy me about the character. Yeah. And, yeah. For for example, that one scene where he punches a guy for no Yeah, it's like, what the reason. hell is that about? Yeah. And, and I have a, um, I mean, not to get too much of the plot away, but it, part of what happens with this guy is that um, there's a disease that runs in his family, and he doesn't know much about it, and a lot of the book is him finding out about it and dealing with the consequences of it. And I just got to thinking, you know, dude, you're like... 30 years old. Yeah, like, stop bitching. You have, stop bitching. You have the internet. Go and find information about it. Like, yeah. don't be imprisoned by your ignorance. That's just ridiculous. That makes me want to slap people mm-hmm. who are prisoners of their own stupidity. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 that kind of stuff just makes me a little bit impatient. I mean, that said, I like the art, and I like some of the stuff that happened, and mm-hmm. I thought it had a pretty good resolution. Are you going to talk so, about uh, the Alias book? Uh I still haven't read Alias yet. Oh it's on God. my table. Okay. I know. I have too much stuff. Well, you know what's happening right now, just to let people know. So um, I read Kingdom Come, which I loved. And um, I read the novel of Kingdom I felt, Come. I felt so good about doing that to you because I was, I was kind of like, you know what? This is something that every person should do. Yeah. So. Oh, it's awesome. Again, something that's like not mainstream stuff. It's really a meta comment on mm-hmm. superheroes. Um, so then I, I, Shane Kelly from the Comic Geek Speaks show sent me the audio files of mm-hmm. the radio play version, and I'm listening to that now because my friend Catherine and I are going to do another show where we talk about the three different executions of that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's really great so, about listening to that. If you can listen to that and read the graphic novel. Yeah. And there's that scene where the, where the atomic bomb goes off, mm-hmm. and having the audio to that is having the audio playing while you while you're reading at that scene is just chilling to you. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's really good. There are some really good things about the audio version. There are some really crappy things about the audio version. <laughs> like I gotta say, the people that they hired to do the parts that have like four lines. Yeah. They suck. I mean, they obviously got like some kind of actually I reject. No, no. I actually, I actually think they got comic book professionals for the, for those parts. I think I think they did. I heard about. I read something like that. Really, I have to yeah. go find the cast list for it. But I gotta say, mostly they suck. I'm sorry, they're just not good <laughs> actors, and it kind of detracts from the realism because the people who are doing the voices for the main characters are quite good. I mean, they're good yeah. actors and they read the lines well. Although, and, although I will say that it gave me goosebumps 
for that opening scene with Hawkman, where he goes, Hawk! You know? So. Yeah, it's good. I, I like the guy who does the voice of Superman and the, the voice of, of Wonder Woman and, and mm-hmm. all those. So I haven't finished listening to it yet, but I will by the time Catherine and I get to talking about the whole thing. Okay. But um, it, it is it is very interesting, and I think it's one of the few uh, places where you can actually compare all those different versions, you know, the, the graphic novel and the real novel and then the audio version as well. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. And I hope I hope to hear some Halo and Sprocket commentary as well. Cause oh yeah, I loved Halo and Sprocket. That was great. That was yeah. really interesting. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then just I just have to say that I'm totally excited about the Superman movie. Oh, and, did, you uh, totally, did you see the trailer? I, I saw the trailer, the Apple trailer. Oh uh, my like god! Yesterday. I freaked. It was awesome. It, yeah. it was so awesome. It I, I got great. I got I, I got to tell you a funny story about that. Um, I got a call from Charlie. And he's like, and I, I was on a, I was on a trip. I was taking some tourists to the San Juan and dropping them off and stuff like that. And he calls me. He's like, dude, whatever you're doing right now, stop. Turn your car around, go home, and download this trailer. And I go, okay, sure, you know. And like before that, I was kind of had some reservations about Superman trailer because I heard the plot. I was kind of like, going, oh, I don't know, a sequel, uh, you know. And I I downloaded. it. And my reaction to it is, okay, let me, oh my God, you know, and then like at the end, I'm like a, I'm like a drilling fanboy going, ha, 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 you know, you know, like, like, you know, electricity had just gone through me. And I call Juan, my friend, and I tell him like, okay, I need you to go to this site right now and just download this and don't hang up the phone because I want to hear your mm-hmm. reaction to it. And, and I'm, I'm literally hearing him almost having an orgasm going like, ha, oh, ha, oh, ha, oh, oh, my, oh, my, oh, ha, you know, and he's like, you know. It's, 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 it's great. great. I mean, it's great. He's, he flies just like I imagined him, how he would fly. You know, he really yep. looks like he's flying. And and um, you know the music, the original music from the original movie was really nice. Um, the fact that they they um, kind of used some motifs of of the original meeting of of uh, Superman and Lois Lane. You know, there's a scene that very much echoes that in the original movie. Just seeing that stuff was so cool. Uh, even the clothes. I mean, the clothes yeah. are just like Max Fleischer cartoon. They yeah, they are like that. You know. They do, and so I it, I don't know about you, but I love that line. I love that line where she goes, where what really won me over, but the lowest line because I was worried about lowest line because uh, I've never liked any of the lowest lines on, on the, in either the movie or or anything except for maybe like some of the Smallville stuff. Um, was when she goes and she says, "The world doesn't need a savior, and you do I." And I'm going, mm-hmm. "Wow, that was really good." That's that's like a that's like somebody who had a girlish crush on somebody is a mom now, and is telling uh-huh. him, you know what, I don't need you, okay, I'm a mom, yeah. I have more things in my life than this, you know, than to pine over you, so, it was great, to me it was great, so, I look forward yeah. to that. I can't wait to see that, and then last night on television, I just saw um, an ad for X-Men 3, which also looks like it's going to be pretty kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, that one looks, looks pretty good too, so. Okay, we've completely gone way <laughs> over the hour, <laughs> and probably off topic, but uh, let's just wrap it up. Uh, this probably will be a two-hour show, so or maybe I'll just divide it into other episodes or whatever. But um, Lena, thank you for being on the show. Uh, oh, you are so welcome. This is way fun, way, oh, way, way fun. Oh man, it was great. Because I've heard you on other shows, you've been kind of like quiet and stuff. So I was like, my goal is to get her to talk and to get her to laugh. <laughs> so. You know. Well, you know, it kind of depends, and, and I know I told you this right when we were doing it, but um, it's really hard to be a guest on someone's show when they, they throw those questions at you like, dear girl, what do you think? Or what do <laughs> women really like? Or what do all women think about this? It's like, I, I can't answer those questions. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not the ambassador for women to the comics world, yeah. honest. Yeah, you're, you're not the Wonder Woman of the comic book podcast world, so... Stop treating you like one. Um, so, well, once again, thanks. Uh, I hope we can do this again in the future because it would be really sure. cool. Uh, yeah. And if we actually learn how to do the conference, we put in Charlie because he he really wanted to be involved in this. But you know, sadly, I don't know how to use that yet. So yeah. So if anybody out there uses Gizmo and you know how to operate the conference feature, send David email. Yes, yes. Or just send me email. Period. Because I want email, <laughs> please. You know. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, guys, I hope we haven't bored you for too long, uh, as if Lena could bore anybody. Uh, but thank you for putting up for me, my boring self. Uh, 
And until uh, next time, this is David saying goodbye. And, uh, and this is Lena saying goodbye. Bye. 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 Mm-hmm.